1: Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.
2: You're listening to the Writer Than You podcast. All
1: right, good morning. Welcome to the show. Bill
2: Rider with you here coast to coast on CBS Sports Radio. We're also in the Internet. We're inside it. Sports Writer on Twitter. Pretty Daddy CBS for Tommy. He calls it X on X. Phone lines free, open, inviting, 855-212-4CBS. Kurt Heelan's going to be on the show one hour from this moment. We'll talk some hoops. Joel Embiid has been a beast of late. We'll get into that. We've got buy or sell like we always do in early bum of the week because tomorrow is bum of the year. It's our last show of 2023. So a last chance for someone to be nominated and be in the mix to be the bum of the year. And someone on this show is a favorite to win it. I'll just, I'm i just going to say that. But there's a lot of strong candidates out there. We've got NFL bets in about 30 or 40 minutes. I've got a story about my son that Tom is going to make some parenting judgments on. As Tom said earlier, it's like asking a fifth grader to make judgments on dunking techniques. Just, it just doesn't fit. That was Tom's analogy. I like it. I ran with it. Don't usually. Colorado question involving Deion Sanders, National Signing Day rankings in two sides of the the coin here. I said Rorschach test yesterday for something else. It applies to Deion, too. You can kind of see, if you want, in Colorado and what to expect, what you want to be there. We'll try to give you our perspective, what we see. Tom wants me to talk about my dreams. I don't really want to do that. Good morning, Tom.
3: Good morning, Bill. Happy Friday,
2: Junior, to you. Very vivid dream. I I made um, veal salt and boca last night for dinner. It was pretty good.
3: Wow, impressive.
2: But the salt and boca, as you know, stands for for salt. It's like, pow. And I think it got in my head because I had some weird dreams. All right?
3: (laughs) Can't wait to hear about it. I
2: had a twist on the old, you're in college again and you've missed a class dream. But there were some, some recurring characters there, okay? that maybe you're familiar with. I don't know. Maybe we'll tell you about it later. The biggest game of the weekend in the NFL, and they're, they're all getting pretty big, the biggest game is the Dallas Cowboys going to the Miami Dolphins, two outstanding football teams on paper, who, again, if you want to believe, have remarkable upside as a fan or a believer in those teams, quarterbacks, coaches, there's every reason you can do that, but there's also a whole lot to be weary about. Neither of those teams are good against winning football teams. In fact, as much as we give and I give, not even a hard time, point to the reality of that fact for the Cowboys, the Dolphins are 0-3 this year against teams that are over 500. Doesn't change the fact they're 10-4. Doesn't change the fact their offense is high power. Doesn't change the fact that at their best version, they're good on both sides of the football. They're just not, like the Dolphins, reliable. Neither team... Is particularly amazing away from home. The Dolphins are, 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 are better. The Cowboys are amazing at home. But still, big difference when they play in the friendly confines of their own stadium versus somewhere else. And both teams have talented quarterbacks you can question. And I can, I can give you reasons why. And this has been a, a, a through line on this show this year and really excellent last NFL season. I can give you a multitude of reasons why I believe in the Dolphins and like the Dolphins and sort of root for the Dolphins and why I'm over the Cowboys and don't believe in them and I'm just tired and weary and worn out of trying to convince myself or you that all that glitters in Dallas will be gold come the postseason. I've I've been there. I've done that. But the reality is, and it struck me with two different things in the last 24 hours that are really interesting, they came out of Miami. The reality is that there is something fresh, likable, for me, therefore, still believable, about the Miami Dolphins. I don't know who's going to win the game over the weekend. It's probably going to be Miami, which is easy for me to go with because, A, I think they're a better football team, and B, they're at home, which, again, has been a a differentiator. Obviously, one of these teams... I'm going to say this and I'm going to make a joke. One of these teams are going to get a win against a winning team, unless they inevitably tie, which you feel like the most, oh, my God, of course, thing of all time. There's something, though, about Miami that is, that is likable, that is fresh. There's an energy to this team. And one comes from Mike McDaniel, the head coach. The other comes from Tua Tunga-Vailoa, the, remember, very successful quarterback who a couple years ago, when Brian Flores was the head coach, was under fire his job was not guaranteed. His future in the National Football League was not guaranteed. He was going to be, best case scenario, a couple seasons ago, Baker Mayfield. Shuttled it off somewhere else, mostly a punchline, occasionally popping up and having good games, but not good enough to do anything. And you fast forward to this year, Tua's not going to win the MVP, but there's every reason to think that he could certainly be in an AFC Championship game or the Super Bowl and be an MVP candidate next year. The guy is completely different in how we view him. Maybe not the new, who he is. From two seasons ago. And what it comes down to for me is mentality. What makes them a little more believable despite their faults than the Dallas Cowboys. The reason I like them more than the Dallas Cowboys. The reason I'm willing to invest the thing that maybe has the most value outside of gambling of any sports fan, which is my time and my interest and my belief in that team and that coach and that quarterback and that entire squad, is there is a mentality in Miami that to me feels real and authentic and strong and capable when the going gets tough and the tough gets going and it's. The playoffs of translating to victories in a way that Dallas has never done, I don't think will. Two examples of this. I'm going to start with Mike McDaniel. So, so there's a hard knocks now, right? There's, this, there's a document, but it's in season. And nobody's watching it. And I was sitting around late last night. I never, ta- I never text Pretty Daddy at you know, 11 p.m. or midnight Pacific time or 10 o'clock because he is asleep. He goes to sleep at, at, at 6 p.m. Eastern time. And, and so he's like, he's in deep REM sleep at, at that point. But I, I fired, I think I fired this off to him. Fired off a bunch of stuff. I was sitting in my bed, and a six or seven minute clip, that's pretty long on Twitter, of Mike McDaniel came across, it's actually my timeline. Can't play all of it. And it's full of swearsies, as Tommy would say. So you're going to hear a lot of, a lot of bleeps. This is McDaniel. Now this is before the Jets game, which they obviously dominated. Coming off a game against the Titans, if I've got the schedule right where they didn't play well, and certainly not well enough for the standards that I think they can get to, and a game that they lost. And McDaniel goes through the film for six, seven minutes, and it's, I'm sure there's a longer version of this. This is what I saw. And he's he's funny, and he's self-deprecating, and he's dropping the swearsies. And I know I pull, I fall for the for the hard knocks okie-dokie every single time. We made fun of him yesterday for it. But I'm going to play you a clip of this, because I think this is some insight into the mental strength into the electricity in that organization, into the internal sense of belief that I don't think the Cowboys have. I don't think Dak Prescott has. I think that organization worn down by their past. I think you hear in this clip of the Dolphins why there's a sense in Miami they have a real future. I know who's in this room and what we're going to make of it. You with me? So
3: we're going to hit this, and like if it's brutal, yeah, bring that, okay? Because we're trying to do something today...
2: That other people won't. Let's just look at it straight in the eyes. It's pretty simple. We lost the game up for 15 different reasons. And I have my hand fully in that. Okay? Trash plan on my part. And the dude goes through different players who who have shortcomings. Obviously, he's looking at tape where things go badly for Miami. And he's praising them. And he's saying, look, your intention here was to do something big. But but you screwed it up, but that's okay, and I'm a bleep. I mean, it was it was magic, and it was likable, and it was some insight. And a lot of times these documentaries aren't very helpful. A lot of times they're pure propaganda. They're lies. They're the actual fake news that's out there. The things that make morons like me say, Aaron Rodgers, maybe not a bad guy, and then three months later I've got to go into a quiet place and punch myself in my own face because that's what I deserve. This felt different. There's a, And you see this, this winnability, this likability, this confidence without being an a-hole from McDaniel in the press conferences and his media engagements. I mean, just this week, he basically told the press to do something anatomically impossible to themselves, and beyond that, said, hey, I've actually told my players that they should tell you that you should go and do something anatomically impossible to yourself that's a mark of disrespect, but only he could pull it off in a way that said, with all due respect, and it sounded respectful and genuine and funny. The guy's got it. He's got it with the italics put into it. All right, and I think what Mike McDaniel brings, this... We don't care what you think, but we don't disrespect you thinking it mentality. This, we are on an island, but we aren't hating the people who are somewhere else. This, we are in the, the trenches together, and it's about us, but we're not turning the rest even to enemies, because we're, 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 we're bigger than that. We're, we're beyond that. Which you hear in Dallas, you hear in other places, and it becomes, I think, a mental frailty. It becomes, it becomes weakness. It becomes pressure. It becomes, i got to prove them wrong. It has transferred to everybody, but especially a tongue ivaloa we, we talk so much about what has made Tua great, and you're going to hear Tua mockingly kind of reference some of these things. The guy's got a bunch of support. He's got a pretty good run game. He obviously has the best wide receiver, not just in football, but in Tyree Kill that we have seen. I mean, you're talking Jerry Rice-level excellence, at least over the course of this season and certainly the last few. He's got Jalen Waddle, who's an absolute machine. He's got offensive linemen who are outstanding. And he's got Mike McDaniel, who we have credited, I think rightfully so, certainly compared to Brian Flores, in Miami with giving two of the tools offensively the game plan, playing to the fact that Tua is not a huge arm, but he can deliver the ball into really tight spaces, a very catchable ball, all these things. But maybe what we haven't focused on enough is McDaniel taking this Mike McDaniel approach, this quiet, it's not quiet, this swagger that's not off-putting, this, this confidence that's really sort of winning, and he has put into every one of his guys because you can hear shades of Mike McDaniel, and I think the culture of the Dolphins that makes me believe in them in a way I don't Dallas, as Tua addressed
4: Whatever concerns remain about him. I keep saying everyone wants to make this about me, about Tyreek. Like, please keep pushing it to Tyreek. Like, make it about Tyreek. I understand that my platform and who I am in this league as a quarterback makes me, if you want, polarizing whether I'm the best, whether I'm the worst. Like, (laughs) I could care less. Like, I don't listen to it. This is my bearer of bad news and Nolan. (laughs) I hate to say it. I hate to say that, but that's my bearer of bad news. If anyone has something to, if, if anyone has something bad to say about me, but at the end of the day, like I, I really don't care. But if she does share it with me, I mean, I keep receipts. We all, we all have, have, have a way of how we do things, but like all the narratives about it, I am. Yeah, sure. I am only good with Tyreek and I, that you're right. I am. That is the only time I am at my best. Um, you're right. I'm only good when Jalen's in. I I I could care less about it. Like, sure. Uh, if Jalen and those guys are not, like, I'm only as good as Raheem Mostert allows me to be. Like, that's that's what the narrative needs to be. And we're able to win games and we're able to go where we want to go as a team. I am the worst football player, if that's what you want. Like, I don't care. Like, I really don't. So whatever it is, whatever you need on your show, like, take clips out of what I just said, do it. Do what you need to do. Like that, I'm just here to do my job, and my job is to help our guys win.
2: I love this guy. I love this football team. It may prove to be a whole bunch of car- crap and garbage and nothing. I, I don't think it will be, but it may be. None of this matters. And the, again, the team they're playing this weekend, the Cowboys, are a prime current example. They are an avatar of this concept that it doesn't matter what you do between August, September, and December, January. It matters what you do from January on. What is significant is postseason football. What is significant is the playoffs. What is significant, and just the beginning, the nibbling of the edges of how we'll remember you and should evaluate and judge you, at the beginning of this thing, is maybe what you do this time of year when your back is against the wall and you've got to try to get in. You're your playing regular season games that are close to, or in some cases actually playoff games, elimination games. It starts now, and we'll see where the Dolphins could be. B- because, again, there has been some vulnerability. There has been some inconsistency. They've certainly had peaks and valleys in a way that is that is worrisome if you've got your mortgage on this or your heart and soul rests in the Dolphins winning the whole thing. They, they clearly have struggled against winning football teams, and they're much better at home than, than they are on the road, like like a lot of teams. But still, it, it, it's a reality. And the margins and where you're going to play in the matchups and whether you're home or away in the postseason, all those things matter. And, and again, uh, just breaking breaking some news to you, here to you. Let Schefter know you're going to play winning football teams in the playoffs. So that's actually a pretty important thing. Dolphins are an interesting test. I believe in the Dolphins because I think they believe in themselves in a way Dallas does not. Maybe it's armchair psychology. Maybe it sounds like a bunch of crap. But these are human beings. Doesn't mean that we as human beings don't get things wrong about them Sometimes. But I've seen enough of Dallas to know that I can't trust them because they don't trust themselves enough to go out and do it, even seasons they should, with Dak Prescott as the quarterback. Question mark about Tua. Question mark about McDaniel. But what you hear there and how I think it speaks to that turnaround since Flores left, that, to me, is the stuff that leads to real excellence when it matters. I'm in on the Dolphins, I'm out on the Cowboys. And you just heard a big part of the reason why. 855 cbs is the phone number. It's free. Call it. Look, should you call it just to tell Tom about your mom's meatloaf at Christmas? Yeah, you should. Because it makes me laugh when people call and talk to Tom for no reason. But you can also come online. <laughs> yeah, Tom, he doesn't look happy. But, I mean, we'll see if he answers. Tom, it's amazing that Tom that whenever Tom is out, whoever fills in, we get 51 calls. Tom loves that joke. Not a joke. 855 212 4CBS. Prove me wrong. Call in and show me that Tom answers the phones with enthusiasm and happiness. He wants to talk to you. Also, you can just do Twitter. It's easier. Sports writer, sports R E I T E R, pretty daddy, CBS. Uh, I got a story about my 11 year old son, and, and I'm serious. I'm not sure if I should be super proud of him. Or I need to work on my parenting skills. I definitely need to work on my parenting skills. But as it relates to this example, and speaking of a question mark that's either really good or uh uh-oh time, Colorado football is in a similar place. So we'll get to both those things next here, CBS Sports Radio. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced.
0: Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.
2: Welcome back to Writer Than You. Hens lay eggs, roosters are the males, but they are all chickens.
3: Yeah, wow. I didn't know that. No, me neither. Guess that so makes people sense. Were like, people are
2: saying chicken like you're a chicken. They're talking about roosters because roosters are tough, aren't they? So a
3: hen is a chicken and a rooster
2: is a chicken. Does cock do sound like the sound that they make? Kind of does, doesn't it?
3: On CBS Sports Radio.
2: Welcome back into the show that you just heard.
3: <laughs>
2: and it will always be. Let me ask you a question. I got two questions for you, Tom. Actually, real quick. Before that, Tom. Did you already give me your good morning? I can't remember.
3: I did, but I guess it wasn't very memorable. Well, you
2: do the same. You 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 read from a script when you take a morning to people.
3: Good morning, <clears throat> Bill. Good Happy good Friday, Junior, to you. Good morning. Oh, sorry.
2: The The N looked like A.D. My name is Tom. I am good at the human interaction. Good morning, pal. Let's go. You know, you mix it up a little bit. Let's going on, pal?
3: You know what I did last night? to me. I watched the first episode of season two of Reacher. I wanted to, and I didn't. Was it good? Yes. Better than, it seems like a better story than season one. I haven't seen the trailer of season two 11 times. I I watched so, the trailer for season two. It's good, isn't it? I watched the trailer. Yeah. yeah it hooked me in.
2: Welcome in. All right. You've earned this. You've earned the fact that this portion of the show, Tom, is brought to you by Nitza. Whether you get pulled over or get into a car crash, drinking and driving will change your whole world. Drive sober or get pulled over. Get pay, paid for by NHTSA. All right, I have two questions for you. Here's my first one. You ready? Never. Called my mom yesterday to check in. Good son. Son
3: of the year. Nice job by you. Just checking in. What's up?
2: Love your Mom. Dad's there. Hey, Dad. And she goes... It's our 48th wedding anniversary, of which I had no clue. And I go, I know, congrats. <laughs> Did oh, I? Oh, no. Good son, right?
3: Good son calling in. She yeah, I mean, in saying, I hello. got there. Yeah.
2: We talked for a good five minutes before she told me it was her anniversary. And I, yeah, of course. I know. And she had just said it's our 48th. And I go, 48, right? <laughs> One of those moves.
3: So you didn't send a card in the mail.
2: I don't do cards to anybody. Everybody's sending me Christmas cards other than you. And I, I don't send Christmas cards. I don't even do Christmas presents. Again. Christmas cards were a good idea because then I'm like, oh, yeah, that guy. That guy exists.
3: <laughs> that guy's a guy out there. And he's that reproducing. He's guy. got, like, kids now and stuff. Well, congratulations to your mom and dad, 48. That's very like, impressive. Well, we're talking about me, Tom.
2: Did I pass the, the kid test? <laughs> no. The,
3: the, no. Wow. Dude. No. No. All
2: right, let me let me tell you a quick let me tell you a quick story. Plus, by little... the way, like you're
3: the, you're the oldest sibling. Like it's yeah, your yeah. job to make sure your younger siblings know that it's the anniversary.
2: Here's the thing, though. Then when we got off the phone, mom and dad, we have a string with me, my brother, my sister, our partners, our, and our spouses, our kids, right? Everybody. And then when we got the phone, mom sent a, hey, it's our 40th day wedding anniversary, and then everybody started piling on the congratulations. So nobody knew. But I was ahead of it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, I, uh, I almost wrote back, yeah, I know. I already, I already called you just a minute ago. Didn't, didn't we Bob went, and Kath? Through, yeah,
3: we already went through this. <laughs> we,
2: we're together. All right. Can I give you a Henry story? My wife loves this story. My mom loves this story. I, I have mixed feelings. I'm just going to tell it. Can I give you a Henry story and you just make an interpretation about my kid? And you are free range to interpret. If it's a negative, you just interpret on the, on the
3: parenting. I usually go on the positive of these Henry stories, so I'm a little biased already. <laughs>
2: There's a term that all the kids know that you're not going to know. Do you – can I Can I just – I'm just going to insert the term when it comes, and I'll explain to you if you want after the fact. Is that fine? Yeah, because I'm not going to know it. All right. So everything's fine, but as you know, I had pneumonia, and unfortunately we had to take Henry to the doctor yesterday. And he also has pneumonia. But he's doing okay, and we caught it earlier, and he's doing much better. All right. So we're at the doctor, and a nurse comes in, and she is 24, 25, and she is – um. She's pretty, and if I may be so bold as to say so, she is a very attractive young lady in all the ways that that is possible. What? It's it's going to be germane to the story.
3: <laughs> I know. I know where this is going.
2: And you know how nurses can be kind of short with you and not very friendly and just, like you know, that's what we get. But okay, whatever. It's fine. And I have a mask on because I've recently had pneumonia. I'm trying to be polite, and she's not. Whatever. It's fine. And Henry's being nice and talking to her, and she's warming up a little bit, and She's getting a little nicer, I guess. And she leaves after five minutes of taking Henry's vitals. And Henry turns to me and goes, she's cute. And I go, yeah, she, she yeah, buddy. <laughs> he goes, Dad, no, Dad, she's hot. He's 11. <laughs> okay, man. <sighs> all right, cool, dude. So then the doctor comes in. We do all the tests. It's pretty serious. It just goes on for a long time. The doctor says, hey. He has pneumonia. I don't love the news. We talk about what we're going to do prescription-wise. I'm, you, I know that you've had to use a nebulizer. It's a breathing thing. Okay, it's not a big deal, but we got to go back to that. We have one. Okay, got it. So the doctor says, I'm going to send the nurse back in. She's going to do a few things, and I'll come back in, in a little while. So then he leaves. All right. Now he's sitting there. He's like, oh, I have pneumonia. Okay. That's... He goes, Dad, what do you think is the worst thing that ever happened at this doctor's office? And I say, what? And he goes, what do you think is the worst thing that ever happened at this doctor's office? And I go, I don't know, man five minutes go by, nurse comes back in. She's all grumpy. And he goes, hey, how's it going? She goes, hi, Henry. He goes, I'm, I, it's good to see you again. She goes, it's, it's good to, to see you too. He goes, what's the worst thing that ever happened here? But she hears it wrong. She hears it as, what's the worst thing that ever happened to you? So she sort of makes a startled look and goes, "I ah, wow. Um, well, I once lost somebody really close to me, and that was really hard. And Henry goes, oh, no, no, I, I was asking the worst thing that ever happened here at the doctor's office, and she says, oh, oh, well, we, we had a kid, and he had to get a vaccine, but he ran away, and then he like, got out of the building, we had to chase him, and so they're having this whole conversation, I'm not even there, this whole conversation about it, and then she's kind of laughing, and he's asking questions, and he says, I won't run away for the medicine, and she goes, oh, Henry, that's great, and she finishes her sort of work this time around, Tom, and she says, okay, Henry, well, good seeing you, and she she literally, she walks three feet or four feet, opens the door, she's halfway at the door, and she, Henry goes, hey, excuse me. And she turns around, and he goes, "I'm really sorry for your loss." And she goes, "Oh, that's from the earlier part." She goes, "Oh, that's so so kind." He's like, "Yeah, I'm really sorry. It was good talking to you." She goes, "It was good talking to you too." And she closes the door, and my kid turns to me matter-of-factly and goes, "And dad, that's how you riz the ladies." <laughs> you know what rizz the ladies means? <laughs> I had to look nope. it up.
3: Uh, I've never heard that. Uh,
2: charm in a way that makes them attracted to you is the <laughs> it's the it's what I'm seeing <laughs>
3: online. That's right. a, that that is pro level right there. What's going on here? You're eleven, dude. That is pro level. I mean good yeah, I mean good for Henry all around. This is a positive story. Is it all right. In what way is this negative? I don't know, man. Like it's
2: pretty like, you know, I'm sorry if you're lost. Yeah. Ten that, seconds later.
3: He said something very nice
2: to her. He was. He was very sweet about it. All right. My kid's hitting on very attractive twenty four year old nurses. That's what I'm talking at eleven. That's what I'm talking about.
3: It's amazing. It was pretty amazing.
2: Those skills do not come from his dad. Mine were, you know, like 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 late onset. Sk- like mine, mine set it in college. Maybe no, see, a little, end of high school, but but not not before that. I never got those skills.
3: R- to
2: to Riz, oh my God, uh, bogus just hit me with with uh, Henry is the best writer, maybe the best writer of all time. I wish you could have been and that, and like, because the mood was so like polite, and, tr- and then the door, and just turned to me like, like a hundred. Exp- and that dad is how you rizz the ladies and then turn back to whatever he was doing all right question marks about it. so so Colorado's really interesting tom and i know that you and i have talked a lot about about Dion. early in the season we everybody talked less about that program as they as they stopped winning games four win team they won all of those games the first week it feels like sometimes it was early 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 success and a late fade and there's a lot going on here to to process Obviously, just the season alone, what what we just witnessed on the field is um, is divisive. Is the early success and, and the four wins for a program that was in the absolute doldrums, is that a mark of a program that is on the rise? Is Dion the real deal? Or was it a whole lot of glamour, a whole lot of glitter, and not a lot of actual gold? Is it not going to be lasting? And those questions continue now. National Signing Day was yesterday. It's over. It's a big, big deal. We we are able, and really the sites that do this are able to make Pretty strong observations, guesses about how strong these recruiting classes are, obviously these high school kids, these young dudes, have to show up at college and become those guys but colorado 's program did not conduct itself in a way that looks like a power on national signing day in fact, when I was doing my online can't sleep flipping around everywhere was just like they have six commits from last year was the was the major was the major thing now. There's some caveats here, and they have the 99th ranked school class, according to, you know, one of these sites. It's not very impressive, and they just signed a kid named Jordan Seaton. I don't know if you saw this, like, really big commitment. I think it was on FS1, offensive lineman Stud, who not only committed on TV, but said basically a version of, if you're a dog, if you have the heart for this, if you want, you go to Colorado. And now there are reports out there that he's going to flip to Maryland. Okay, so that is... Sky is falling, it's out there, it's a disaster, Dion sucks, right? that's out there. They have the number one recruiting class if you just want to focus on transfers, though. They have 16 commits, that's according to 24-7 Sports, which, by the way, is a paramount company and therefore the greatest assessor of talent in the history of assessing talent. And, like my son's conversation, like, I think, the Dolphins and the Cowboys, like a lot of teams in the NFL, this is one of those where you... When you look at it and you see it, you can sort of pull out of it what you want to be true. I know it's not a great radio take. I don't know what is true because I doubted Dion last year, didn't think it was going to work, didn't think it was gonna likely be successful. You were much bullish on it, more bullish on it than I was. And then it, he came out of the gate as, as an absolute stud, and it felt like he knew what he was doing. And the wheels came off. Do you see that? Because to me, it's a problem. To me, at the end of the day, in order to succeed at the levels it's expected for Deion Sanders, for Colorado, for the conference that they're rejoining, for the idea of, of him either being successful or wanting to stay at Colorado or both, you have to be able to recruit talent at both levels. I Today, most most strong programs are great on National Signing Day, and, and the ones that have slipped, C. Clemson, have 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 not kept up when it comes to the transfer portal. And the free agent bonanza that is that. Dan Wetzel put this out this week, and I know you saw it. The top ten recruits from, what, a year ago or two years ago are now at all different schools than the schools they actually went to. I think it's a problem for Deion Sanders. I think it's a problem for Colorado. I think it's going to catch up to them. And I think that an injection of kids from the transfer portal might help you early on, but to build a sustainable program. And you're not trying to be, no disrespect to my home state, Iowa State or Iowa most years, or or some other Power 5, now we're Power 4 conference that's middling. Colorado's expectations, based on Deion Sanders, based on what they pay him, based on his own words, based on that start. Tom, it's what? Top 10 program eventually? That's the goal. That's the expectations beyond a goal. I don't think this is sustainable to meet that goal.
3: Yesterday was a bad day for Deion. It was a bad day. We saw what winning the transfer portal can do. We had 70 new guys on the roster. 70! Unheard of. It was a very low bar last year. It doesn't mean last year wasn't successful. It was, but the bar was very low. This is year two. The bar gets higher. And
2: can, they, I, can I piggyback on your point? Last year, you got the excuse of, I'm forcing out the other culture's guys.
3: Off a one-win team. The Colorado On a one-win team. One win.
2: To your point, you've already forced those people out. So now you should be adding people, not losing people. Um, can I give you another perspective that I think, again, it could be wrong, because Dion has defied some of the rules, but here's my main concern. The transfer portal is not going to be a high recruitment operation the way that, that it is on, with high school players. The head coach is not flying off to watch those kids play because they're playing the same days that, that you are. You're not going to go to their living rooms with their parents because they're already in another college. It is much more mercenary, is much similar to free agency in the NFL. But National Signing Day, what happened yesterday, and the ability to go and get those kind of classes, Nick Saban, and is Nick Saban recruiting kids from the beginning? No, he, he's not. But Nick Saban has guys who are doing that, and then he is flying in as the closer on the key people over and over and over again. And everybody knows that in college basketball and football, and it's harder, it's more arduous in football, it's why the hardballs of the world want to leave sometimes, it's why guys that are NFL coaches who fail don't often want to go back to college, even if there's, there's a, a bag there, you have to be on the road. You've got to be running your program and then get on some plane. And be like, oh, I've got to fly to Iowa City to recruit this. I've got to fly to L.A. across the country. And I don't have the insight into this, but this outcome to me speaks to the concern I think people had that Deion Sanders, very successful, very wealthy, has a, has a great life, has earned a great life, isn't going to want to do that kind of nitty-gritty gross recruiting where when push comes to shove and you're in the mix, but you're competing against Alabama and Clemson and Ohio State and Missouri. See what I did there through my alma mater, and even though they don't belong— you, Deion Sanders, in some of these cases, have to get on an airplane, go to a living room, and sell yourself. And I'm not sure he wants to do that, and I think that may be part of what you're seeing here.
3: Bill, at one point this se- season, Deion, in his own words, said, these kids know where to find me. Yeah. Like, they're going to come to me. I don't need to go to them. Let me give another hot take. I,
2: I think Deion Sanders—not hot take. I think it's true. Deion Sanders has a lot of credibility, and he has a ton of credibility with high school coaches. And with college coaches, right? The people who remember and know him. I know Dion's a legend. I know Dion's amazing. I watch Dion play. If you are 15 years old and you are, the world revolves around you because you're the best cornerback or quarterback or you're an offensive lineman to be in the NFL, which means you're a man when you're in eighth grade or you're a threat, right? You're a, You don't, not only do you not know who Deion Sanders is, you don't have to. You, your world is very small. Your world is you and your football and everybody telling you how great you are. Deion Sanders did not. Deion Sanders is not Tom Brady, right? These kids do not grow up watching him play. He is a different generation, and I I do think that what he has to sell is valuable to young people, but I think he has to, in some cases, sell it in a way he may not grasp. I'm worried about Colorado. I'm not worried about, about Tommy. Tommy is doing great. And that, Dad, is how you riz the ladies. I mean... Where do you even learn this stuff?
3: It's a positive story. You need to feel good about it.
2: She was definitely charmed. And she was not. She was having a bad day. She was having a case of the Wednesdays, right? It wasn't hump day for her, okay? It was just like, ugh. It's also to be fair, it's rough here. It's raining here. It's pouring rain. Never rains here. People get real moody in LA. People get real silly.
3: I don't know anything about that.
2: I got no sympathy for him. Give me a break. Dude, it got down to 61 degrees the other day and overcast, and everyone broke out their winter coats. Weakness.
3: Henry changed her mood. She had a good day after that.
2: Yeah, it's all fun games until he's 15. 855-2124. CBS is the phone number if you want to give us a call. Let's do some NFL bets. I bet Tom's going to give us some picks that we can fade. Probably me too. We are going to do that after we get a CBS Sports Radio update from Andrew
3: Welcome back to Writer
2: Than You. Dalton Wells gets it. At Sports Writer, D-Cell, which is pretty daddy over here, is wrong. Hump day is midway through your work shift, period. Yeah, uh, Dalton, I try not to think about Tom very much, but I found myself thinking about Tom this morning and how Tom is intentionally stubborn on stuff he knows he's wrong on if it remotely takes him out of his comfort zone at all. On CBS Sports Radio. Why are you making Look, dear listener, yes, I said that yesterday. But I said so many nice things about Pretty Daddy that he won't put in the rejoins. Why are you? I mean, don't be soft like Charmin, okay?
3: You are the one saying these things. I'm not editing don't them. I'm be just, I'm just taking the words that you say.
2: Like, By the way, soft like Charmin is a great expression to put down. But it also is a reminder of what an amazing branding job that particular toilet paper company did.
3: Which, by the way, like, I've never understood this. Branding for toilet paper. I know there's different companies that make toilet paper. But, like, why do you – like, who's not buying toilet paper that you need to, uh, you know – have, have you ever used television. toilet
2: paper at a company that wants to cut costs or at a hotel that you realize this is why I should have spent the extra 20 bucks a month to right, stay across the street or night?
3: putting that in their house? Nobody's putting one ply in their house.
2: I have been to some houses. Well,
3: shame on them.
2: Where I say, where is your faraway bathroom, sir? And then I come out and I judge them for the rest of their days based on their toilet paper. But there's different levels. I mean, there are there's some toilet paper that is, you know, nine sheets deep, right, that you could actually sleep on it. It's a comfortable paper towel. <laughs> it's
3: almost too much. I mean, I say that all the time, every time I see that on TV commercials. Like, who's watching that going, oh, yeah, time to start using some toilet paper?
2: The branding thing is scary because I watch it with my kids, and they're like, I want this, and it'll be something they've never even, like, no. What are you talking about? And there's some jingle they saw, right? <laughs> Some of them are catchy. Some of them are catchy. You know what else is catchy? And catching on being able to stream stuff when it's awesome, including the ability to stream the NFL on Westwood One for free, sponsored by AutoZone all season long. You can listen to every Westwood One broadcast of the NFL live on the NFL app by asking Alexa to open Westwood One Sports or on the free Odyssey app. Get in the zone, AutoZone. AutoZone's free battery testing and charging is available for free at your local AutoZone. Get in the zone. AutoZone restrictions apply. Let's get in the gambling zone, Tom.
0: Oh! Bill makes the tough picks so you can fade accordingly. It's time for Bet
2: Writer with Bill. All right, I'm in this 5-0 league. I also bet them separately. We're basically 500. We're a little under 500 now. I haven't gone 5-0 this year. I've gone 4-1. Four times. By the way, to be to be under five hundred and go four and one three or four times means that we've had some bad weeks. Tom, huh? had some bad ones too. Let's figure it out. Uh, Rams are playing New Orleans tonight here in L.A. In the I don't care, but I have to care bowl because both <laughs> these teams are seven and seven.
3: One of these teams I think is going to make the playoffs.
2: I, we've had people come on the show. I think Ryan Harris might have been the latest. I might be getting that wrong. Who like the Rams, who think the Rams can make a
3: run? They've certainly overachieved. They've already hit the over for their Vegas win total this year, which was set at six Look and a half. You
2: gambling guy. I'm not going to bet on this game, though.
3: Uh, All right, pass.
2: A really interesting game to me is Cincinnati in the playoff line with their backup quarterback as two and a half favorites at Pittsburgh. Do you like Saturday NFL? No. Me neither. It's one of the two games.
3: I don't care who plays quarterback for Pittsburgh. They don't want to block. George Pickens is worried about injuries. Mike Tomlin may have run his course. He is a fantastic coach. I just, I, I can't buy into the Steelers right now.
2: I am strongly considering betting on the Chargers to cover 11.5 against Buffalo because I think Buffalo has gotten a lift they don't
3: deserve. And I, I am think with that.
2: with you. That there's a Staley, there's a like goodbye, you know, we're no longer Staley. See so what I did there?
3: And everyone say the. Don't let the Bills in the playoffs. They're the most dangerous team if they get it. Don't let them in the dance. No, Why? They're, not. they're the Bills. They're eight and six.
2: They beat the Chiefs in a game where they didn't really beat the Chiefs. And they beat a Cowboys team that doesn't know how to play on the road. Or beat winning teams. Alright. Seven and seven Seattle, two and a half point favorites on the road at Tennessee. That game's awful.
3: That is awful game. Yeah, that's pretty terrible. Do you believe in Drew Locke? No, no, I don't. I'm happy for him. Very emotional, you know, with Drew, Lisa is Salters. he a lock? Yeah,
2: yeah, he's not a lock. He's not a lock, is he? Atlanta, awful. Pick him against the Colts, awful game. They're hosting Atlanta's the host of that game. Uh, Houston, two and a half point favorites against Cleveland's a fascinating game. Probably no CJ Stroud. That's the problem. If I thought Stroud was gonna get in there, or it was like even like sixty forty he'd be in there, I would throw money on Houston, but we're not there. I'm gonna bet on the Packers at six and eight to go to Carolina and cover the four and a half, by the way.
3: That feels like a good bet. I,
2: I like I like the Packers and kind of the, the the direction they're heading.
3: Panthers uh, are coming off a win, but it was a very lackluster win against the Falcons. Dude, these are some bad football games. The
2: Jets are three and a half point favorites hosting Washington. Five and nine Jets against the four and ten Washington Commanders.
3: Yikes. I never like to uh, to give you a pick with two bad football teams because you never know what's going to happen.
2: I'm going to bet on Detroit to beat Minnesota by three and a half which is a little rickety because it's over the three in Minnesota. In part because Kirk Cousins, I think his wife has come out and said that he wants to play in the Super Bowl if they make it. Reminding Vikings players and fans everywhere they can't win even if they can win. So I'm going
3: <laughs> oh, no. to Detroit. What? Uh, no, I like your rationale for picking Detroit this week.
2: I also I like the Lions a lot. They've been under the radar. Minnesota's not a good football team. I know it's in Minnesota, but Detroit has a has a chance to sneak into some serious serious contention in the NFC. All right, Tampa Bay coming off that perfect Baker Mayfield performance. A pick him against Jacksonville. Trevor Lawrence, obviously. Not going to be able to do his thing. What do you think?
3: I'm on the Baker train. I'm really do. down on Trevor Lawrence. He's got he's got the fumbles.
2: Two he's last week. Fumbles. He hasn't been the same level. He's been banged up. I'm he just hasn't Tampa been able Bay. to do his thing, man. Tampa Bay as well. Chicago four and a half point favorites against Arizona. Hell no. Miami one and a half point favorites against Dallas. Makes me nervous. I want to bet on the Dolphins though. Denver six and a half point favorites against New England. Chiefs, 10.5-point favorites, hosting the Raiders, Philly, 11.5-point favorites, hosting the Giants, San Francisco, 5.5-point favorites, hosting Baltimore. I'm actually going to bet on Philadelphia to destroy the Giants. That's what I'm going to do.
3: I agree with that. Philly finally gets right, and then it's the best. I mean, Ravens 49ers, you can't ask for a better game. But I, I, I would stay away because I think the number is too big for San Francisco. Here's what we're doing. I like fading you, though. Chargers,
2: 11.5-point favorites over Buffalo. That game is in L.A. Chargers don't really have home games. But still, uh, Green Bay is in Carolina. They're 4.5-point favorites. Chargers are dogs, by the way. Excuse me. Obviously. Packers, I'm taking the Packers as the favorites over Carolina. Detroit, 3.5-point favorites in Minnesota. Man, this does not look good on paper, but we're going to do it. Tampa Bay, a pick em over Jacksonville in Tampa Bay in that bay. Philadelphia hosting the Giants. 11.5 point favorites. Final score 38 to 9.
3: Oh, not 9. Three field goals. Wow. I agree with you. 40 to 9. The Eagles need a get right game. They do.
2: And they have it in them, and beating up on bad teams that you kind of care about playing against is probably a good way to do it. Do we have Costos tomorrow? Yeah, we do. I did not know this. Uh, my daughter, Madeline, and her friend, Julia. Uh, go to school about ten minutes from now, and my wife drives them, and they have the show on, and they always make Lori turn it up when Nick is on because they think he's funny and they like his like his energy.
3: I love Nick too,
2: but he doesn't love me back. My wife told me that Nick Costos, who I love and he was a good friend of mine, is the only person who makes me sound like I'm speaking slowly
3: because he and I both are rapid fire communicators. Agreed. Yeah. That dude is shot out of a cannon twenty four seven. We are fast talkers. Talking fast, pronunciation for me optional. Dude, I talk for a living.
2: I went the other day to the grocery store and I and I said, um, "Do you take cash?" And she goes, "What?" I go, "Do you take cash?" She goes, I, "I, I can't understand what you're saying." And I I say, "Do you take cash?" And she goes, "Cash?" I go, "Yeah." Apparently no one can understand me unless I'm on the radio, and maybe they can't understand me here either. Maybe that's the appeal. It's just like Charlie Brown. I always hated that. I found that creepy and depressing. I like the Charlie Brown cartoons, but the from the adults made me sad. I was never a sad kid. It Just made me sad in my heart. Kind of like asking you to do something different. Let's talk to Kurt Heelan about hoops. Joel Embiid's been a beast. We'll get a Kurt's take on that next on CBS Sports Radio. Whoa.